This is the Podswoggle Network, a podcast network with entertainment. Welcome to the Blank Slate. Thank you for pressing play. My name is Rich, one of your co-hosts here on the... uh, It's been a while since we've had a Blank Slate, it feels like. Um, They're a little bit more few and far between these days as we are uh, just chugging along with life and podcasts and podcasts and life and sports. We're talking sports today. Over Skype is the other co-host of the Blank Slate, Chris Mullet, and his new home in Windermere, Florida. That's correct, and uh, I slept a fire at work today, guys. I'm not a firefighter. I work at a bank, but I slept a fire at work. How Whoa. big could that fire have possibly been? And it was outside. There was some dickhead flicked a cigarette into like our our like wood chipped area in front of the bank, and I was like, you know, it smells like something's on fire somewhere in the building. And I went outside, and there was like five different pieces of ash that had been spread upon from the wind, and uh, there was flames, and uh, yeah. Put it out. So you know what? Add that on my resume. Firefighter. I was Sounds like say, you're a hero. Yeah. What is your what's your official title at the bank? I'm a teller coordinator. Okay. <laughs> Christopher Mullet. Hero. Teller coordinator. <laughs> hero. To all. And also, you heard his voice. You heard him chime in there from the same city I am in, but he is over Skype because we still live in different neighborhoods and it's a pain in the ass to get there. The official, the official unofficial third host of the Blank Slate, Tony Colt. How's it. it going, baby? Hey, you guys. How's it going? How's it going, baby? Ready for another season. <clears throat> A season Hell of yeah. what? We haven't even talked about what we're here to talk about yet. Oh, come on. Don't play coy, Rich. <laughs> this is the Gotham <laughs> Give show, the right? People. <laughs> Give it to the people. <laughs> Give the people what? What they want. Well, technically, what the people wanted, according to our Twitter, was uh, a a, uh, a a football season, a preseason football podcast, um, yeah. which we completely whiffed on. Um, and and, you know what? No, the way the season's shaping up, I think we did a perfect job. Yeah, no, exactly. It's for the That's best. Week six, you can just start now. Just start now. Just do like a week seven through seventeen preview. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well. All the divisions are over with, and yeah. Uh, Mullet and Tope and I basically killed the uh, the Grammatica's brother, Grammatica Brothers League last year. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that still going? Nope, we killed nope. it. We killed. I we murdered it. In, I still live in the reminder, and it never went up. So I got to keep that. Would probably would this year would have been like sixty dollars. I hope that it is still going. It's just they didn't invite us. Just created a new, a new name. They didn't want to Cold see all the Yeah, pretty Cold much. Um, so yeah, so we are here to talk about the NBA, the upcoming 2015-2016 NBA season. We've done research. We've made spreadsheets. We've just arbitrarily put teams in an order. Uh, and we're ready to do this, right, guys? Hell yeah. yeah. So let's not uh, dick around anymore. Um, basically, what I had these guys do is send me their rankings of every NBA team from 1 to 30. And I took all of our rankings and uh, the preseason rankings from ESPN.com and NBA.com, averaged all those motherfuckers up. And uh, yeah, I have kind of an overall uh, uh, list of rankings here. Uh, and there's some other topics that we'll get to as well. 
Um, but yeah, so let's just go hard. Let's just go ahead and uh, you just want to start uh, at the very, very bottom and work Absolutely. our way to the best. Uh, sure. All right. Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, consensus. Uh, I think Mullet was the highest on the 76ers at 29. Everything else had him at 30. And I just did that just to break up the monotony, really, because I knew that was going to be at the bottom of everything. And there's this one team I just have a, a lot of my list is like gut feeling stuff. Um, and I just have a gut feeling that there's going to be one team oh, that's wow. worse than other ones. Um, but yeah, no, they're going to be fucking dog shit. What about that gut feeling, though? Like, made you say, well, they'll be better than one team, at least, in my gut, because this one thing tells me that. Um, another year of New Orleans Noel, who was, had a pretty good rookie season. Um, in his second year in the league, technically, but it was his rookie season because he's over seven feet tall, and it's uh, the millennial era of guys that everyone's Bill Walton now. <laughs> if you're over seven feet tall, it looks like. Yo, man, these kids got weak feet. Yeah, they really do. Uh, I've got weak feet. I yeah, my well, that's because you wore Converse your entire life. Right. <laughs> Sorry for. <laughs> you so I sad. made my own bet on that one. He <laughs> <laughs> really did. Uh, no, it's just, you know, I, I feel like they're going to string together uh, enough wins to not be the worst. I mean, that's just, I feel there'll be some positive movement for the first time in them in a very long time. If that's 20 games or like 18 games, that's still something. Correct me if I'm wrong. Their GM is Sam Hankey. Is that correct? For this moment. Okay. He probably won't. There's He's definitely on the hot seat because, I mean, look at this roster and look where they've been the past few years. Tony, thoughts on the 76ers, and then we'll move on. I mean, I just don't see who they're going to play at at any of the non-front court positions. I mean, I know that everybody is very excited about Noel and Okafor, and, well, no one's excited about Joel Embiid anymore. But who are they playing at the guards? Kendall Marshall, Tony Roten, Stauskas? Stauskas, Wilbekin is on the team. Wilbekin is there, Scotty from Scotty. Florida, but uh, he's probably going to get cut. He's their fourth shooting guard. They have eight guards. They're carrying yeah, eight they guards right now, and none of them are any good. I mean, Philly's going to be bad. They're just going to be downright bad. They can't shoot. None of their guards can really stop anybody. I mean, it's going to be interesting. And as you pointed <laughs> it's out, be an adventure. And, and they're as... trying to lose. Yeah. Oh, still, who's? Who they who's like gonna be who's the next big prospect like who's who's to draft next year? Oh geez, I don't know. I don't yeah. really know much about the prospects. At this um, rate, the Sixers at this rate, the Sixers are going to be trying to like fail to get a draft pick for like somebody who they've drafted in this whole series. One of their children. It'll be like Nerland Noel's son, and they're like, oh yeah, just pair them together. Well, as uh, Tony also pointed out, they have one player on the roster over the age of twenty four. Yeah. Uh, and have three centers age 21 or under. So they just, they're trying to win the age game. They're trying to escape death, I feel like. Well, I mean, diabetes is going to eat uh, eat away at Joel Embiid if he keeps eating the way he apparently has been eating and like treating himself. Shirley Temples, man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh, heard that story, right? No. Oh, absolutely. Just drinking pictures of Shirley Temples at the hotel that he lives in. <laughs> Doesn't way, eat uh, any Andrew, of the vegetables they bring for him. He just throws them all away. Eats chicken tenders her, all the time. In her uh, in her earliest film role, Shirley Temple would be the fourth oldest person on this team. 
<laughs> oh my god. You're nope. actually not far off. You're not far no. off. No. Isaiah Cannon would probably be next. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving on. Moving right along. Yeah. We've spent Come way on. too much time on Philadelphia. Uh yeah. next up are the Brooklyn Nets. Uh yeah, I mean the Highest on the Brooklyn Nets was Mullet at 22. Uh, lowest was uh, Tony at 29. Yeah. I mean, I just don't see that there's much to really recommend this team. They still, I mean, they're going to start Jared Jack and Joe Johnson and Thad Young and Brooke Lopez. Like, okay. Yeah. I th- Boyan Bogdanovich and I don't know. Uh, Andrea Bargnani, Shane Larkin, like I'm sorry, Tony, you I didn't say that name correctly. Andrea Bargnani, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite draft call of all time from the commish, David Stern. Andrea Bargnani. Uh, I feel like this Brooklyn Nets team is the epitome of what swinging and missing looks like. Oh, they don't give a fuck. They're just they're happy so to bad. Not be, yeah, they're just happy to not be spending all that money anymore. Even though they still are, because Joe Johnson's still on this team. How like well, of everything? Like well, of everything. How do they not unload that? Because like, I mean, you can't. They already had to buy out one huge contract this summer, which was Darren Williams. So um, is the, I think is they were gonna be the... Go ahead. Well, I think that they were kind of. You know, you couldn't buy everybody out. And Joe Johnson's still a functional player. Absolutely. He, yeah, the, the, the thing, the reason He's I had them. not I, worth the money. Yeah. No, I had them ranked 22nd. The, uh, the reason I had them so high is because there are professional basketball players on this team. Like, there are guys that are going to. Two or three. Play, yeah, they're going to play hard every night, and it's the East. So there's going to be nights where they can rough up, you know, maybe some of these younger teams who I think have more potential and are ultimately going to be better. I feel like they're still going to get some some. Some wins. Um, the thing I was going to say was, is Joe Johnson still the highest paid player in the league, right Like right now? Like well, I believe Kobe season? Bryant is. I believe oh, Kobe right, Bryant right. still is. But Joe Johnson's like second, right? Um, he probably has to be because I think Amari finally expired. Well, um, someone say well, he expired two or three years ago, am I hey, right? Hey, <laughs> hey, he is expired. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Who are the highest paid? Let's see those highest. Oh uh, yeah, he's number players. two. Yep, behind Kobe, and then LeBron is third. Yep. The top ten makes a decent amount of sense, except Joe Johnson. The top ten makes the most sense it's made in a long time because it doesn't include people like Amari and Gilbert Arenas, yeah. and you know, so Very on and so true. forth. Uh, yeah. So that's Brooklyn. Who's their coach again? Hmm, good one. Uh, Brooklyn Nets. Tell me all about the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, Lionel Hollins is involved. There you go. Wait, really? Still? Lionel. <laughs> I thought he... Co- Wait, hold on. I thought he was coaching somebody else. I'm not lying. No. I'm lying. Uh, <laughs> someone had to. That was for you, Andrew. Miss you. <laughs> okay. That's... Uh, that's- the Nets, who basically all they're good for at this moment is uh, their arena 
moving on. You have uh, 28, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Lakers, uh, that's just going to be a mess as long as as long as any of those people are involved. They have uh, they have a couple of players on the team. I mean, everything I keep hearing about early D'Angelo Russell is that it's uh, something I look forward to. Um, there's not a lot else to look forward to. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch Julius Randle. Aside from Hopefully. that, I'm not really interested in much on this team. Yeah, I'm excited Aside to from see that, Roy Hibbert. Yeah, I was going to say, big addition, Roy Hibbert. It's this just screams big you're addition. Have to yep. <laughs> that was my joke. Was we're going to have to roll him away like Violet, Violet Beauregard at the end of the season. Just from the L.A. lifestyle. <laughs> Byron Scott is still the coach. He's still going to ask them to take long twos. And it's not like Swaggy P saying no. Yeah, take take so, uh, take it from experience. Uh, Byron Scott should not be your professional basketball team coach. You know, he won the Coach of the Year award once. Yeah. because yeah. yeah, Well, Jason Kidd won it when he was a player. And now he was a better player coach than he is a coach coach. Oh, it's disgusting. Yes. Anyway, so the Lakers suck in a car wreck type way because Kobe is just going to be insufferable this year until yep. he finally gets hurt. Yep. Uh, and it's just going to be every five years. I feel like the next five years are just going to be Kobe trying to not retire from basketball, getting hurt, and then going like, all right, well, whatever, man. Next full season is going to be my last full season. I feel like and then there's, he's never going to retire. He's gonna be the Julio Franco of the NBA. Yeah, there you go. He's he's in the final year of his deal. Should LA resign him? Should is the he perfect word to retire. I think it's gonna really depend on like how much of a disaster this is gonna be. Like, is this gonna be like a like a Fantastic Four type disaster, or is this gonna be like a like a manageable type? Like, I can't. Well, it's not like they're paying luxury tax. True. So, and they had to hit the salary floor anyway. So the fact they're paying Kobe Bryant twenty five million dollars this year, we'll and what is he in. really going to take as a cut? <laughs> I don't think he would take a like a Dirk Nowitzki deal. Yeah. Yeah. If, no. If I'm coaching, or if I'm if I'm uh, running the Lakers, uh, which who knows the way they're going, that might happen. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you, I force. Kobe's hand like just don't just don't just don't because he knows better than to like go and try to retire somewhere else should you make him do nothing he doesn't want to do <laughs> I like I, just 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 don't offer to resign him and if you do it's, it's, a, it's a small deal that's not going to hurt you and and it's just it, it just it is you let what it him is. say no and walk yeah, just let him walk. Versus yeah, because I think he's got too much. I mean, he's he's got too much of everything egocentric, uh, pride, and fucking whatever else. Uh, you know, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna go play for Philly in his hometown and to end his career? Is he gonna go to Charlotte where it all began? Like, no, oh, that would be so great to watch Wouldn't him that, try to develop all the young talent on that team by taking all the shots and screaming at people. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> so let's just go back to the sentence that Tony said that had the word Kobe Bryant and develop in the same sentence. Well, 
without a hint of sarcasm in it. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> You're uh, all right, who's our next team? Next team, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Denver let's Nuggets. see. The Denver Chewy Nuggets. This is a team that you were talking about earlier. Well, you said something earlier about, and I forget which team it was. I think it was Brooklyn. You said, they have some NBA players. All right. Now, Denver, where are the NBA players? And that's why I had them ranked last. Now, the only reason that I didn't have them further down is that they always win home games because of the altitude. So you have to give them like a four-win bump, which I think probably takes them from like 21 to 25. You had them. You had them at at uh, twenty two. I had them at twenty two. Last year they won thirty games, mm-hmm. and it was completely toxic. Lawson was, you know, clowning in that team, and all they did really was get rid of him and sign uh, Emmanuel Mudiay from the draft, um, from China. And uh, I think I don't know. They're going to give the team to Gallinari, who. Supposedly looked great in the Euros this summer, which I did not watch. And according to ESPN's death chart, is not starting. <laughs> well, Wilson Chandler's probably not going to edge that from him. I don't think Wilson right. really has it. Yeah, but I yeah, just this, this team looks like an absolute disaster. Uh, Fareed will not be on this team probably by the middle of the year or by the draft deadline or by the trade deadline. Because you think they're going to cut will, bait? Yeah, yeah, that's why I had them rank glasses. This is like a cut bait team with Fareed, who a playoff contender will give them scraps to take that piece that could use the rebounding, especially in the East. Um, yeah, Gallinari being your best player is not going to do anything. Moutier, I, I personally think it's kind of a little overrated. Uh, Randy Foy, that's all I really need to say there. Um yeah, I just this this screams to me like they are going to have not even a fire sale, like because there's nothing to sell. It's just going to be a 12 or 13 win team in the West that the bottom drops out, and it's time to just really, really, really rebuild. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Denver Nuggets. There we go. Uh, <laughs> moving on to, I think, a much more interesting story and arc. Uh, your Rip City Trailblazers, Portland. I'm sad. I'm sad about Portland, man. I really liked what they had, and you take Aldridge out of it, and and you know they still got Lopez. Lillard and Lopez, and I don't know. I really, I'm really sad. Wesley that the, Matthews, Batum. I'm really sad. They're that starting. The, f- go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, they have four new starters this year. And none of them is better than the player that he's replacing. Not you, can argue, you can argue that none of them should really be starters in the NBA. I mean, Gerald Henderson started for Charlotte, right? Which is, again, not an NBA franchise. Al Farouk Aminu had about 20 good minutes for Dallas in the playoffs last year. Ed Davis is going to start a power forward. And then Myers Leonard. And Cayman's on the roster. Why are people still giving, like, <laughs> Lillard's just going to slash his wrists. Yeah. He's, or he's actually because it's Portland, he's going to blow his knee out. 
Oh. Oh no. Oh, oh man. Yeah, you we heard it here first. All this. They're finished. They're finishing last. <laughs> they're so finishing last. He's gonna trip on a bucket of popcorn that Brandon Roy dropped in the front row. Oh, I have them finishing. Well, actually, fourth from last in the West, only because L.A. and Minnesota are so bad. ESPN yeah. has them next to last. Ow. I could see yeah. that. I mean, really, this yeah. is not an NBA roster, and it's the West. No. Yeah, they are going to get beat up. Yeah, I I was the highest on them of us just out of, man, just out of sentiment. No, mm-hmm. no real analysis. None of nothing of mine is actual analysis anyway. So I'll just leave <laughs> that at that. Um, moving right along, uh, the Minnesota the Minnesota Timberwolves. Don't know why I almost said that naturally like that. Um, yeah, Timberwolves, you guys. Uh, KG's back. He is right. He's. It's almost like he never left. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have stuff to say, but I almost feel like we should just move on from that comment. Well, Molly, you are the highest on the Timberwolves at twenty. Yeah, I, I feel like they're going to be a frisky team. You know, eventually it's it's sink or swim, and there's a couple teams this year that on my rankings, I'm just like, look. This if they don't make the jump this year, then I'm I'm gonna stop even trying. And I feel like with the combination of KG Andre Miller, who died three years ago, but is still in on listed on the roster, um, Tayshon Prince, they have veterans. Kevin Martin, they have a veteran presence. The I think the right type of veteran presence mixed with uh, Dang Towns and Wiggins. Uh, never mind, you know Rubio. You know, whatever he can finally bring you. I'm not even going to say the name Shabazz Muhammad except right now. I, I like that mit, that mix with Pekovic as well, who's probably going to be, again, kind of like a person that's positioned out there to move on. Uh, I just yeah. like the mix. He's their fourth big right now, right? He has to be yeah. behind. He's got to be behind Towns and Jang. And, well, actually, he's probably third because you can't really count on KG still being there. No, you can After get. I think you can get, yeah, you can get solid value for him still, and I think they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be frisky in a way that, like the Thunder were like in their second year with Durant, still a pretty dog shit team. But I feel like they are going to test people and show what they can do in the West a little bit more, and possibly be ready for the next step next year with their their core youth. I'm I'm really worried about their shooting. I'm really worried about how they're going to score points because there's not a lot of outside shooting on the team. And I don't really see much place for it to, to come from. I mean, that's really not Zach Levine's game. Nope. Kevin Martin's going to get some minutes. Wiggins doesn't really shoot that well yet. None of the bigs can really step out and Rubio forget it. So I don't see where they're going to score a lot of points here. And what's their coaching situation again? Isn't it? Uh, hospitalized. Right. That's what I thought. Flip Saunders. Get well soon. Yeah. Jesus, that's terrible. Why did I laugh at that? I'm sorry. I just... Whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's the way it was like, what's their coaching situation? Hospitalized. Oh, great. Good. 
How many? How many? Do we have more coaches on like IR than we do players at this point? Mm. Well, speaking yeah, of Steve Kerr. Speaking of questionable coaches, uh, are the Knicks going to be the most interesting off the court team this year? They already are. I sort of object to your use of the word questionable for Derek Fisher. I think we he isn't questionable. There's he's no question. He's flat bad. Yeah, there's he's, no he's, question he's, in he's, my mind. He's a horrible person. <laughs> from like up and down, like he goes head to toe. He's a he's a pile of shit. <laughs> That's what people seem to say. People seem to uh, have that opinion of the of uh, of him, but. Uh, so what I'm really happens? glad I was ahead of the curve on this because I used to make fun of him in NBA games all the time about his blind daughter. And right. I knew that was a bunch of bullshit. Well, I mean, the kid's blind. Yeah, but it's not as bad as it was supposed to be for him to fucking get out of Utah. <laughs> Look, man, if you can get out of Utah, you do it any way you can. But well, that said, if you're going over to Matt Barnes's estranged wife's house, for, uh, like, what, what, with, what, what was that? With the kids? Like, what so was that story? Like, he's, like, dating Matt Barnes' wife. And, like, he's, like, at, like, their house, like, playing with the kids and, like, you know, teaching them shit. And Matt Barnes is like, uh, the fuck? Get away from my fucking kids, you fucking bad person. <laughs> was that's, he, that's essentially what happened. Was he upset because he was trying to poorly teach them the triangle offense? or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Knicks are going to be really bad. Yep. The Knicks are going to be really bad. Their backcourt again is a complete train wreck. Jose Calderon and Aaron Aflalo are going to start. Watch out, Sasha Vujacic, your third guard. Uh, they still have Carmelo, which automatically disqualifies them from the title. Um, and <laughs> at this point, they, it feels like the playoffs too. Jesus. Yeah, they signed a couple of Western Conference refugees for the front court: uh, Derek <laughs> Williams and Robin Lopez. Um, and then Porzingis! And they also have another Antetokounmpo. They do. Thanosis. I was going to try to say that, but thank you. <laughs> how many Antetokounmpos are there? Jeez. Dos Antetokounmpos. <laughs> thank yeah, you. Porz- Porzingis, I think, is going to be like, he's going to be the guy that endears himself to the Knicks crowd. And he's going to be surrounded by all these fucking schlubs. Uh, both... Uh, uh, you Tony and you Mullet have the Knicks at twenty three. I have the Knicks at twenty nine. Uh, they were the worst team in basketball last year. You as, might not be wrong. Yeah, they were yeah. even worse than Philly, and Philly was trying to lose. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the same. <laughs> right? You, they won seventeen like games. Philly won eighteen. That that just goes to show that. Uh, Dysfunction beats lack of talent any day. It also shows that uh, Phil Jackson, the shit he's smoking, it is fucking dank and old. They have like an Olympian, like a U.S. Olympic team member on their roster, like a real, like a real superstar player. Yep. And they just suck so bad every year. My God. Ah, oh, Phil, just. Just walk away, man. Just walk away. And we'll see. Uh, That said, moving a little bit down the East Coast to the uh, Charlotte Hornets. I 
still am not used to seeing them as Charlotte and Hornets. But yeah, uh, we're pretty spread out on them. Tony is 27, Mullet 25, I'm 23. Mostly because I don't believe that Lance could be that bad again. Lance, Lance isn't, isn't on the team. Oh, he's not there? Where the fuck did he go? Clip. Well, that goes to show you how much I fucking pay attention. <laughs> it's okay. They traded out Lance Stevenson for Jeremy Lamb. You know, that other story. Oh, man. I said, um, I said Jeremy Lamb, but they have him and Jeremy Lin. Yeah. The Lemon the Lemon Lin connection. And Kaminsky. <laughs> yeah. For, and Tyler Hansbro. Those guys are just going to get into, like, fucking arguments about, like, Megadeth albums or something. They're so fucking white. And Spencer Hawes. God, this yeah. is a white-ass team. This is probably a hyper-Republican team. Because they've got, <laughs> right? Right? Because they've got Jordan at the top, number one. Oh. Then, right? Kaminsky. <laughs> Hawes is like, you know, Mr. Hunter with his man bun and everything. Like, Al Jefferson is not going to take his headphones off for about four months. <laughs> Al Jefferson's not going to take a cast off for about four months if it's like every other season in the last three or four. So True. this team is going to be for shit. Well, cool. Uh, again, I'm just further discrediting anything that I added to the proceedings. So that's why I'm just going to try to keep this moving along as we go to, oh boy, Sacramento. The, the, the level of dysfunction with, like, <laughs> among all the teams that we've talked about so far and the level of catastrophe that has happened in the recent past and future is... Well, the Sacramento Kings, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll kind of talk about the Kings. I have them ranked 19. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, And my explanation for that is that they definitely will have a different coach sooner, probably rather than later. You could probably say that three times this season. Yeah. And of all the train wrecks, I feel like this is the one that, again, I – you guys know when I've talked about sports and like different things, even on our other podcasts when I'm like making picks, I kind of like narratives in my head and I can just see stories like happen. And I feel like I can totally see the story in like November, December, like, man, you know, the Kings are like three games over 500. What's going on here? Almost like last year. It would be like to spite a certain point and then they're going to fucking taper off. But at a certain point, you know, I feel like the talent on this team can like overcome to a certain extent and pull together enough wins to be the 19th best team in basketball or, or counterpoint their point guard might get kicked off the team in the middle of a game or some shit again. (laughs) I mean, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. There's, there's a lot of talent on the roster. You look at this roster and you say, there's a lot of NBA players on this team. Marco mm-hmm. Bellinelli, mm-hmm. Tough Juice, Caspi, Willie Cauley-Stein, Boogie, Rudy Gay, Rondo, probably not an NBA player, but that's another story. <laughs> like, they have all this talent, but just, like, how does that all fit together and with, like, Ben McLemore and, like, how does George Carl play with that team? Uh, he doesn't. That's why. <laughs> that's why. Like he's just sitting there on his hands, uh, assumedly, while they just play pickup basketball. And I feel like the talent on this team is going to win enough games to be the 19th best team in the league. Like looking at the talent on this team, 
I like for some teams that you have ranked a little bit higher. Um, like I definitely don't see them being worse than like the Phoenix Suns. Like they have more talent, and I feel like that talent's just going to rise above at a certain point. Same thing with like the Pistons. I uh, I would love to see like Sacramento get a one year exception to get to play in the East for just just for one year, just to see what happens. I, I would love to see them on that side of things. Um, They'd be like the seven seed. I that that's kind of why I bring it up. It'd be interesting to see them sort of like experience a little bit of like kind of success because I can sort of see if you're one of those like teams that's sort of on the come up. You get good talent and all this other kind of stuff. And then it's soul crushing to be in the West. If you're not one of the top, what fucking five, six teams. Um, it's hard. Yeah. My but team I, is one of those teams. That's not among the top five or six. Yeah. And so I would love to see what would happen if they did have that like kind of false sense of hope that the East gives, you know, mm-hmm. and just see what, what like that little, again, false confidence gives them. I don't know. It's weird how it could just kind of like shape. You can kind of like uh, redefine a team a little bit in season. And real quick, what you yeah. guys see happening more, the Carl firing or the Cousins trade? Carl firing. Yeah. Okay. So, they, so there's no, like, they are not budging on Boogie. He's he's their best player. Absolutely. And their highest but, paid player. Mm-hmm. And no matter, like, where he goes at the end of this contract or whatever, if he stays, if he goes, whatever, uh, George Carl's career isn't going to last longer at this point in time than DeMarcus Cousins' career. So. Yeah. You don't start building an NBA team as a project by like starting with the coach. Although I guess that's what they're trying in Boston. And, you know, it seems like it's maybe ahead of schedule. They made the playoffs last year and they probably will do it again, even though well, their roster is pretty bad. And you don't you do know. it with such an old coach either. Like Brad Stevens is, is one thing. Right. George Carl's right. like, you know, he's in his twilight. Yeah. I don't see what interest George Carl would have in yeah. that. And, yeah, I think that Carl's probably going to be the first coach gone. All right. Um, second year coach for this particular team. Uh, next on the list is uh, the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Stan Van Gundy's second year in Detroit. Um, experienced. Uh, he had an interesting season. Detroit had an interesting season last year. They had a very interesting arc. In as much as, in as much as they cut ties with uh, Josh Smith, that and, was interesting. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> was they were better off for it, um, and just the just seeing Stan Van get in there and fiddle around, you know. Okay, so in the off season, they uh, well, they had to let Greg Monroe walk after his one year restricted free agency uh, with the team ended uh, and they brought in Marcus Morris and they drafted uh, Stanley Johnson basically to reinforce the front court there. So uh, how are they going to do? Still going to start uh Reggie Jackson. Looks like it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm the highest on Detroit uh, just because, I don't know, I believe in Stan Van. Um, Tony's not too far behind me. Mullet has him at 28th. I just, I don't, yeah, talent-wise, I don't see. They're weak. They are very weak, and there's only so much you can do with Drummond. And Mar- Marcus Morris is going to be pissed his brother's not there. Brandon Jennings is still on this team. That's not a well, good thing. Markeith Morris might be out of Phoenix sooner than we know. So, <laughs> like that, like, can we just say like that's ridiculous? Like, one of you should decide to be an NBA player, and the other one get the fuck out. Okay, <laughs> like, they play the same position too. The other person is like it's just a bunch of bullshit. Um, yeah, this is not a good professional basketball team. Drummond, no. Drummond is is not going to be able to do everything that I think is going to be needed. KCP is. I was going to say overrated, but who's even thinking of him enough to rate him? Um, You know what? Hang on a second. I want to go back to Drummond for a minute. Because it seems like what Stan is trying to do, and, you know, Stan is like the GM, head head of player personnel, and the coach. So he gets the final say on who's on the roster and how they're coached. So you presume that he's making this team in his image. And is he trying to make Drummond the new Dwight as all of the kind of scoring, rebounding, like style of play stuff says, oh, yeah, Drummond is just like young, young Dwight. Uh, That's what it would appear to be on paper. But there's not enough shooting surrounding. Yeah, there's not. Yeah, because at any point. He had. Let's think of like the, the like the five best players that Dwight had under him in Orlando. Yeah, Rashard Lewis, Hito Turkoglu, Jameer, Jameer Nelson, Nelson uh, Ryan Anderson was right. Yeah, the, what what do they all have in common? Pretty good shooters. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. this team has Brandon Jennings. Right, not what you want. Nope, never. Nope. Ursinelli Silva hasn't been good in years. No, he really hasn't. I forgot he was even in the fucking league. There you go. Nope. Moving on from one Stan Van team to a past Stan Van team, the Orlando Magic. Uh, you two are both in step as far as the Magic go at 16. I have him at 20. Um, just. This might be uh, the most diverse one we have of all of them because the NBA has him ranked 28th out of 30th. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Tony and I have them, as I see them, I think they're going to be the eighth seed in the East. I I feel like a lot of that, and I don't want to speak for you guys, uh, but as far as what went into my ranking of them was not projecting the young players' progress that much. And even if the talent does progress, I don't see it as a team yielding results as far as like a playoff berth. Hmm. What what I see is the eighth seed in the East probably needing at the most 40 wins, right? Yeah. That's like, that's like a best case scenario. Realistically, probably somewhere around 38, 36 to 38 wins. I think this team, their progression, an actual goddamn coach, Skiles. Skiles. 
I think this is a 35, 36, 37 win team just based off of how they are progressing. Oladipo is progressing very well. He is going to be probably, you know, in the next, if not this year, the next couple of years, an all-star. Peyton is definitely developing into, he needs to work on his fucking shot of any semblance whatsoever. Um, Harris and Gordon are both great. Vucic, I, like that, that to me, looking at it, that is a team that can do some damage on any given night if they are all playing at an even keel and they're all playing to their highest ability. Tom. Yeah. Um, I think I agree that in projecting the Magic to take the eight as we did, um, you're really presuming a lot of development. Like yep. you're like you're really presuming that Skiles is going to come in there and have a great impact right away, um, which is possible because the coach they did have, Jock Vaughn, is one of the worst coaches yep. ever. I mean, may have may have rivaled Fisher. Again, Fisher won 17 games and very much stunted the growth of a couple of these players in their formative years. Right. And I think that they did a I think that the magic management did the right thing by bringing in a guy like Skiles, who is really hard nosed and wants his guys just to play really friggin hard and play really hard defense. And frankly, based on like the athletes they have, I mean, you can really rotate, you know, Aaron Gordon, Tobias Harris, Hazonia, which will be fun, Oladipo, Peyton, Vucevic, in and out. You got all these guys that just bounce up and down, Gordon and Harris, you know, super long, Fournier, really long for his position at the two Oladipo Peyton like you know just really physical dudes like if Skiles just asks these guys to like jump every passing lane and just play super hard they're going to sneak up on some teams who aren't taking them very seriously yeah but again all their most important players are you know 24 and under and how much can you really win with guys that 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 young I think in the east it's a little bit different and the other yeah. thing I like that we didn't touch on is they do have a decent little, not a huge bench, but Channing Fry is a good is a good addition to this team. Um, Evan Fournier, I've liked what I've seen of him because I've seen maybe too many Magic games last year from being local now. Uh, and the biggest acquisition, Rich, how did they manage to squeeze Shabazz Napier away from the Heat? Yeah, I tell you, man, he's been killing us in the preseason games. Ugh. No, you're, you're talking as him killing your preseason teams last year. No, uh, uh, I've been getting like the alerts for these preseason games between like the Heat and the Magic, and Napier's been like the log line every time. So oh, that's great. Shabazz yeah. Napier revenge game every time out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> every game, man. He's always he's up for revenge on life. Look, every team passed him up in the draft. Every night's a revenge night. <laughs> well. Shabazz Napier is the natural uh, segue point, pivot point. We're moving on. Uh, Phoenix Suns are next. Um, I don't know. Is there really anything exciting or interesting to talk about Phoenix other than just kind of like a slow slide and the descent into 
Western Conference Purgatory? insignificance. It's, yeah, it's weird you talk about like windows. It's like, oh man, like the Thunder, did they miss their window? It's weird to talk about the Suns. Did they miss their window being the eight seed? <laughs> they had like a like a two to three year window where it's like, oh, this could be a playoff team, and like they never made it, and now they're dicked. And it's like, but that's not a window. That's just they were just never good enough. <laughs> so now they're really not that good enough. Well, okay, all right. What's their best five? Who's their starting five going to be? Right, uh, Brandon Knight, Brandon Knight, Eric Bledsoe. Okay. Then Keith Morris. Right. Tyson Chandler or yeah, I'd still say Chandler. Yeah. And whoever they decide to trot out at the three. PJ Tucker, maybe. Yeah, or Weems. I don't think it'll be Weems, but Yeah. I think it'll be I think it'll be Tucker. Yeah, okay. that's now a starting five like that with you know, some good front court depth. Alex Len, I think, is a really exciting young center. I, I had a great time watching Len every time I saw him last year. Um, you know, Ronnie Price can play a tiny little bit. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of depth, but that that five is not a terrible five. It's not in the East. I mean, with those guys, I think you could probably win – how many games in the West? In the West, I'm saying at the at the best, thirty five. Thirty five games. I think, I think they. Well, yeah, I think they can probably get to thirty seven or thereabouts. But yeah, we're not far off. Yeah, that's why. Like, so I had them twenty fourth, and I see that being thirty five to me is the best case scenario, just because of I. I didn't see a lot of them after the trade last year, but I don't see the Brandon Knight, Eric Bledsoe experiment working out well together for some reason. And I think yeah. that I think that'll be a bit of a match mess, and then you're and then you're counting on Tyson Chandler and Markeith Morris to score points. Yeah, Chandler's going to be he'll be interesting. He's a guy that always makes his point guards look better, though. I think that it's true. he will he and Knight. I think we'll find something together because there's something about Chandler where when he's got like a, a decent mobile guard that he can run a pick and roll with. I mean, he played with Chris Paul. He played with Jason Kidd and won a title. I mean, he's a, what a multiple time defensive player of the year, like vocal he- leader. He's a really big asset for this team. I, I, that was the Mavericks' biggest loss to me in this offseason. More Absolutely. than Ellis, you know. More than DeAndre uh, Jordan? Oh, uh, no, he was going somewhere. <laughs> you fucking dick. Damn, kick sand in the dude's eye. <laughs> Dude, come on, you didn't care about your Baz Napier that much. That was cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you guys want to wait till we talk about the Mavs to talk about that. We're close. We'll get to them. Yeah. <laughs> we are close. We're in Mavs range. Uh, the thing I was going to ask, I like pitching out these like little questions. Uh, I, I feel strong in the way. Tyson Chandler, future Hall of Famer? Hmm. No. No? No, I don't think I, so. I, I feel like we're going to, like, who's a Hall of Famer in, like, kind of this era? We're going to get to the point, I think, in, like, maybe 20 years where, you know, I think it's a. I think it's a possibility. Has he ever made even like an All NBA third team? 
Let's find out. I th- I'm sure he's made a third team. I know he's been a champion. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, NBA champion. He was a 2013 All-Star. All-NBA third team, 2012. Defensive player of the year, 2012. All-defensive fir- first team, 2013. Uh, two-time defensive second team. Anyway, okay, two-time so- California Mr. Basketball. Hey. Hall of Famer locked right there. Okay, so <laughs> if you get down to it, he's he's got one ring. He's a one-time All-Star. He made one All-NBA third team and won one Defensive Player of the Year. So, I mean, I don't know. Is that enough decoration? Oh, I certainly have enjoyed like- his career. I mean, I don't know. You, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to put him down, but you know. Who's more of a Hall of Famer, Tyson Chandler or Ben Wallace? I mean, I don't think either of them are. Right, but like I'd be more prone. I think a lot of people would say Ben Wallace because he had like four Defensive Player of the Year trophies. But also, I, you know, he couldn't. I would beat him at horse around the house. You know. Yeah, the thing about Ben Wallace is also that I don't really think he did it for you know, nearly as long, right? Because yeah. Chandler's been a player for, you know, 15 years now. He's been in the league since 2000 or 2001. When when you compare Tyson Chandler and Ben Wallace, you're looking at uh, uh, a star who burned out as opposed to one that faded away. Yeah. True. Yeah, because looking here, Wallace, champion, four-time All-Star. He was a three-time NBA second team. Man, the center position was weak in the mid-2000s. Four-time defensive Yeah. Yeah, and four-time defensive player of the year, five-time all-defensive first team. Uh, and for some reason, his picture on Wikipedia, he's in a Cavs jersey. So let's move on. Nice. <laughs> That's also, how everyone remembers. Like, let's not forget how goddamn, like, popular together that group of Pistons was. Like, I feel like all of their career, like, attributes and stats got inflated a little bit by being together and being that team, uh, as opposed to, like, individual accolades that other players on other teams would get, you yeah. know, they should Sorry, just all get inducted as one group. <laughs> exactly. Well, they can't, they can't because one of them is still active. Mm. They got to figure that out. Like sign some one day contract or something, work out the, the <laughs> logistics. Yeah. Sorry. I just, I was thinking about Tyson Chandler and just realizing that he's probably, well, he's only 33. I thought he was older than what he is because I forgot he was drafted straight out of high school. So he, he right. feels like he's older than he is. Like he looks yeah. it. Feels like he's he's he doesn't is. play like it. He can still. I, I mean, God, that guy loves to finish an alley oop and he loves to swat a shot. Yes, he does. Yeah. He is uh, like six months uh, older than Nagi. I <laughs> uh, love that game. Yep. Well, um, don't worry. I'll find guys to bring it up. With. <laughs> Well, uh, moving on, we have the Indiana Pacers. And what's to be said about Indiana that hasn't been said about, well, the state of Indiana? Uh, yeah. Uh, Tony, what, do you, what, what are your feelings on Indiana? We're all pretty much like in the same group as far as yeah. our, our rankings of them. Uh, I don't know. Sort of an interesting team. Uh, not going to be able to protect the rim at all. Which again, not as much of a big deal in the East um, until like the playoffs. But um, yeah, I don't know. George Hill, Monte Ellis, okay, not much defense. CJ Miles, not much defense. Chase Buttinger, this team's going to be cross-eyed. Paul George, yeah. George Hill, Jordan Hill, Solomon Hill, Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
You could play Jan Mahin me. You can play like build a name with these <laughs> with this really fucking true. roster. Yeah, man. Uh, it's, uh, the definition of a stretch four on this fucking team. Holy hell! Right, they're they are short on talent. I mean, they're short on talent, and their best player is coming back off a devastating injury. Monte Ellis is a really nice piece, and um, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna eat up the East a little bit. Uh, Monte is gonna put up some good numbers. Um, so that should give Paul George a little more room to shoot the ball. Um, but we'll see. There's not a lot of other dangerous pieces on this team. They're not going to score a lot of points. And they're not going to be able to stop anybody. Uh, so where did I have them? Pretty low down, right? 20th. Yeah, the 20th. I had them 21st. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I mean, that seems kind of crazy that Paul George, who before the injury was probably one of like, what, 15 best players in the NBA uh, with like a, like a promising future would be below like a, a magic team that is totally unproven, but that's just kind of how I see the, the, the story going is him getting frustrated in his first full year back. And I knew that was coming. You can go fuck yourself. That, I that injury look at my phone. I knew that injury. <laughs> that one. Is that the one you're talking For about? For those of you uh, listening on the podcast, uh, Rich just uh, sent Mullet a, a gruesome photo of the exact moment that uh, Paul George compound fractured his leg in the basket stanchion. Uh, this one was the close-up, um, which is the one that we most often send to Mullet uh, because it makes him wince. It makes me wince because I'm waiting for a different color shoe and sock to be in that picture. Uh one last thing I do want to talk about for Indiana is, uh, and you brought this up, Tony, in your rankings, is Vogel. Um, I Again, I, I never really played a lot of basketball growing up. I, I don't watch nearly as much basketball as you guys do. All I really have to go off of is like the general tenor of, 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 of uh, analysts and, and, and writers. Um, so like, I go from hearing one year Vogel, great coach, man, he's really going out there and doing it. That's what a that's one of the, the the bright young coaches in this league. To the next year, going like, well, you know, Vogel wasn't really that old. Vogel's not that good. Yeah, him and him and Carl, I think are going to be in a foot race to see who gets fired first. Because somehow, this, this actually, team... Joe Philbin is still going to be the first NBA coach fired this year. <laughs> this uh. Because this team gets off to like a, a a bad start. Like if they start like not even bad. Like if this team starts out maybe like eight and ten or like eight and twelve or something, I feel like they're gonna like uh, a head is gonna roll and it's gonna be Vogel. Well, and that's my question: is is Vogel actually a good coach with just shit to work with, or is he a shitty coach? He's a pretty bad I, coach in the playoffs. Because I've been told both. He's bad, bad in the well. I don't know that he he's showed. bad, but he's easy to outcoach if you're a good coach. That's the way to put it, yeah. He's like if I class. was a team, yeah. If I was a team that was walking into a finals with like a Kerr or Popovich or Carlisle, um, even a Rivers, um, you know, I'd feel I'd feel pretty confident. I'd feel pretty confident. Even a Blatt. Or even, even a, a Blatt. Even a Spolstra. Give it a Spolstra. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe a Jaeger. Ooh, real, yeah. Real quick, I just had to point this out because I saw it on my little, um, I have like the NBA head coaches because I just forgot of some of them. You know, Spolstra is already the second most tenured coach in the league. Believe it. Behind Pop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Pop uh, has got a 12 year lead off of everybody. <laughs> December 10th, 96. Spolstra was April 28th, 2008. Uh, like, 
two weeks before Carlisle with the Mavs. I was going to say the next one must be Carlisle because yeah. he's been there since right after the Avery Johnson playoffs disaster. Yeah, yeah so and- it's 96, two in 2008, and then nobody else <laughs> in that decade. Everybody else is 2011 and later. Well, and That's also insane. How long Spolster has just been with the Heat in general? Like, yeah, I mean, he was he was born on court. He it's very true. It's very true. He he was he, born in a video bay. He he lost his virginity in the Miami arena, and and there it stayed. Uh, Riley's his dad, and he just pays for it, right? Like, <laughs> um, whether or not I know. The answer to that, I'm not going to say. Moving on. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, but uh, one last thing on Vogel because he's still like a younger coach. It's not like Carl, where it's like this is one of his last two jobs, if not his last job. Uh, he can still go on to help like another team, like I don't know the Knicks because the Fisher thing can't keep going. Get it? Vogel. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me say this about Vogel. I. Uh, I know a couple of guys that know a couple of players. And one of the guys that I know that knows a player knows a former uh, a former Pacers player. And according to this player, Vogel is a clown and doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Hmm. However, this player is also a clown and doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So I'm not sure. Sh- it's Evan Turner. So I'm not sure... Uh, <laughs> You guys agree with that, right? I mean, Evan Turner doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, according to Evan Turner, Vogel doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And uh, I'm inclined to agree. Vogel uh, Vogel had a lot of talent on those Indiana teams. Just couldn't, you know. I mean, obviously the Heat were a very good team. And they go to seven games against them? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I don't have it in front of my face. But if they didn't. The games were physical and intense. No, yeah, because one of them was a game six, I feel like. Right. Um, that went to a game seven. And if it wasn't, it sure as fuck felt like it. I mean, it it might be the sort of thing where it's just nobody gets past LeBron. I mean, LeBron's been in the finals in the East for the last five years running. Yeah. So. All right, Tony. Uh, I've stalled long enough. All right. about fucking Indiana. <laughs> yeah, you, you really and dug up those like nine Vogel questions really <laughs> nicely for Tony. And it's uh, still a while uh, until we're going to get to either of your teams. So. Well, and there's certainly no questions about the coach on Dallas. Carlisle's great. But what about He's, everything else? <laughs> oh, well, there's not much to talk about. Um, all right, so Dallas. Uh their key lost players are Rondo, which is a positive. Oh, uh, Tyson Chandler. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm just reading names and I'm just going to like quietly mutter them throughout all this. Sorry. Oh, yeah. You're slowly reading the roster and going, oh, Jesus. my God. Pachulia. I'm reading the roster as fast as some of these people can move. Right. <laughs> D'Alembert. Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Charlie so now, now there are some well-known media personalities who will say that you can have one head case on a team, but if you have two head cases on a team, then it becomes a problem. Well, Mavericks have Ray Felton, 
Charlie Villanueva, and JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee! Now, last year, when it was just Rondo, that was enough to blow it up. So, we also, uh, we picked up Darren Williams. Wait, God that Devin Harris? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Jesus, what year is it? So, so our guards are Darren Williams, who, yes, was bought out and shipped away by Brooklyn. Jose, Bar- <laughs> J.J. Perea, Jose Juan Perea, <laughs> who <laughs> Mavericks fans will forever love because he yeah. has a ring with us, and he was a huge part of that playoff run. He was fantastic. Ray he Felton. Can't, he can't add who, two plus two because of Andrew Bynum. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe Bynum only got suspended like eight games for that. It was ridiculous. <laughs> they focused. It's a, it's a crazy cheap shot. Um, yeah. Uh, Ray Felton, who's never been a part of anything good. Um, <laughs> Devin Harris. Sorry? Except an NRA meeting. Oh, really? Well, I just remember, wasn't he one of the ones that had like guns on the Knicks? Didn't he get arrested for a bunch of gun things? I don't know. You're going to make me look up his fat ass. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Uh, Devin Harris, get excited. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is what, like, all the Mavs fans, like, really pinning it on this. Wes Matthews, right, was having the best season of his career for Portland. Uh, before, in true Portland fashion, his uh, Achilles blew out on a non-contact play uh, because it's Portland. And uh, they're counting on him coming back, and he still has not participated in five-on-five activity. Uh, He says he wants to go in the opener, but if you're not in five-on-five activity 10 days before the opener, you're not going. So... Uh, Wes is going to join the team at some point later on, and we'll see how he meshes with Parsons and Dirk and Chaz Villanueva and Zaza and Sammy and JaVale. Not uh, Two well. things. Number one. Not well. Uh, three things, I should say. Uh, February 25th, 2014, Felton was reportedly arrested on felony gun charges, uh, pled guilty to attempted criminal possession of a weapon. Attempted criminal possession. Like, you either possess it or you don't. Um... Uh, yeah, who's spent the first four games this season? Uh, number two, who's older, Augie Artillas or Ray Felton? Oh man, I'm gonna go. Can I push? <laughs> I don't know the exact date off the top of my head, but I'll allow it. <laughs> um, I'll take, I'll take Augie. June 26, 1984. Augie is the correct answer. Hey. hey! Oh man! And uh, a third, uh, Rich. Uh, you can edit this out and post if you'd like to. But the starting center for the Mavericks. How would a certain person say his name? Zazar. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> no, let me Zarzar? tell you about something. Let me tell you something about the Dallas Mavericks starting center, Zazar Pachulia. Thank you. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> You did the uh, double R for the first one. That was perfect. Zarzar. Yeah. So uh, how long will it be until they're back in the playoffs, Tony? Is it going to be a big, a big, <sighs> uh, big stretch now? 
It's going to be some time because we also gave a first round draft pick this year to Boston in the Rondo deal. Yeah. Like that was such a damaging trade. That was a really that that that's a trade that sets a team back by several years. That set the team back by at least two seasons. It's going to be a while. Yep. It's going to be a while. The Mavs are a part of that sort of. Uh, like teams falling out of contention uh, type group with like Portland and Phoenix that we were discussing earlier, where it's just like, ah, they are falling much further away from the playoffs. They're not getting closer. So it's going to be a bit. But we are getting closer to moving through these rankings if we're done talking about Dallas. Yeah. I mean, I'm done. If you guys need to say anything, that's good. I'm good. All right. Yeah, nobody uh, cares about the Mavericks. Uh, oh, we will again one day. <laughs> oh, that's a good run. No hey, one cared that, about them even when they won the title. Nobody cared. Okay. You have a trophy. Very, very Shut up. Point. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, next up, Boston Celtics. Uh, both you guys have them at 17. I have them at 14. I'm just a believer in Brad Stevens. I'm a believer in Danny Ainge. I think they're probably... Um, going to be like a little overachievy this year and then they're going to be sniffing around maybe that eight seven six area and i think they make a trade and i think they um you know they do some good stuff that's all perfect analysis uh between them and uh orlando it's a toss-up and i just you know I, i felt like last year was enough of a miraculous happening for them to to even get there um, you know, it can only coaching can only take you so far, I think. And in the battle of the Magic's lineup versus the Celtics coach, I went with the talent on the floor of this go around. But I could it would not be a shock if they're right back where they were. Tony? Yeah, they got the seven last year. I don't think there's any reason uh they can't do that again. Um you know, again it's a roster that you look at and there just isn't a ton of shooting. You know, Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley, uh, Isaiah Thomas can shoot the ball. Uh, you know, but the rest of that roster is just, you know, it's not a lot of sharpshooters. Evan Turner's there. They picked up David Lee and Amir Johnson at power forward, which is really nice. Um, they're not going to rely so much on Sullinger. Um, in fact, they could probably move Sullinger on if they want to. Uh, and they could probably move one of those guards on if they want to um, and start giving James Young a little more time at the two. Um, so, yeah, Boston might be the kind of team that can make a trade, drop a couple of assets for, uh, you know, maybe a big or uh, a shooter of some kind. So we'll see what they can do. But, yeah, I also believe in Stevens. So Cool. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll take them at the seven seed. Yeah, I think that's about where they're going to be again. Uh, we all have Utah at 15, and I feel like that says everything that you need to say about Utah. Like a rock. <laughs> uh, unless anybody has anything they desperately need to get uh, get out about Utah, the Utah Jazz. Nope. Tony? Nope. Okay, cool. Moving on. <laughs> we did that. <laughs> I'm so happy. When I saw we all had them at 15, I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, could have well, played ball ESPN. Come on, he had him at sixteen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, wait. I think the only reason 
that all of us have them moving from the 11 seed in the West to the eight is because teams above them are falling down. They're clearly mm-hmm. better than Dallas. They're clearly better than mm-hmm. Portland. Mm-hmm. And they're probably exactly. going to be better than Phoenix. Yeah. So Utah is basically bringing back the exact same team. And they're going to play the exact same terrifying defense they played. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be good enough. Last year they won 38 games. There's no reason that they can't win, you know, 42 or 44 this year, given the yeah. overall decline in quality in the West. Exactly. As well as the development of their own players. So, again, I don't have anything to say about Utah. Yeah, uh, they're they're better by <laughs> contrition. And that'll do it for part one of our annual big-ass NBA season preview. Sorry to end it on the wet fart that is the Utah Jazz. But thank you very much for listening. Go follow us on Twitter at Blank Slate Pod. Shoot us an email, blankslatepodcast at gmail.com with your thoughts on the bottom 15 of the NBA season. Also, you can follow uh, me on, at Rich Cammy on Twitter, Rich Cammy4 on Instagram, Mullet at your host Mullet on Twitter. Uh, he doesn't tweet, but if you tweet at him, he will tweet back. So it's super interactive, I'd say, for sure. Also, find all of us on uh, podswoggle.com as part of the Podswoggle Network, uh, where you can find all of our other shows, Podswoggle, Married with Movies, picked up, and head on over to arcade-audio.com for our father, a bit of a different taste in our podcast podcasting mouths uh or the ear buds well taste buds but for your ear would be earbuds wow they really nailed it when they called them earbuds but i don't think that's what they were going for either so they fucking they stole it well they didn't steal it but they fucking claimed it for something else and ruined it for what else it would be mm, apple thank you very much for listening catch you slater you can delete this now i forgot that part Son of a bitch. This has been a Podswoggle Network production. Visit podswoggle.com for more of that sweet, sweet entertainment.